This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Before the broadcast today, I'd like to start with a shout out. I know there are lots of people out there with a better memory of karate history and philosophy than I have. If you're listening and you'd like to come on and talk with me, I'd love that. Just reach out to Dojo Conversations at AOL.com or on the webpage, Wildcat Dojo, or the Facebook page, Wildcat Dojo. Dojo is spelled D-O-J-O. Let's begin. As you know, I'm Sensei Michelle, your host, and this is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Today, I'm sitting with Sensei Jackie. You know her. Ann Landon. Welcome back to both of you. Thank Thank you. you. And today, we have Sensei Greg. Sensei Greg is Sensei Jackie's student. He's a great teacher in the area. He's also a lawyer. Now, see, I wanted to say it's probate, is it? Well, it's trust and estate planning. Oh, trust and estate planning lawyer. So I'm going to have Sensei um, say hi, and I'm also going to have him tell you the name of the book that he has. I think it's on Amazon. It is. Um, My name is Greg Ebenfeld, and it's the book that I authored was What You Need to Know Before You Go, and it's available at Amazon.com. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here as well. Today we're discussing one of the million karate sayings that I love. What you do a lot of, you become very good at. I think that what you do a lot of, you become very good at, is really easy to understand. And I think that one of the things I love about it is that it applies to both training and non-training situations. So before we start talking about characteristics, let's just name a couple of things that they would become very good at and not even know. Like, for example, brushing your teeth. You had mentioned when we were conversing earlier on walking to and from your refrigerator, which, to be honest with you, in my life, I never thought about that. But I bet, because you're recovering from shoulder, that you're thinking about a lot of things that you took for granted, right? Namely sleep. (laughs) Oh, good one, right? When When you have any kind of a tooth thing or whatever and you have to try to sleep, Something you take for granted is is totally new again. And when you're used to doing it a certain way, going to sleep on your right side, and now no, you can no longer go on your right side, that messes up your routine. And those are gray lines right there going back to our podcast about understanding advantage and disadvantage because a person doesn't want to be so routine that they cannot change. Yes. And on the other hand, they do want to realize within themselves, I think this was in our self-control podcast where we were talking about telling yourself the truth where they know they want to change and they um, apply the necessary repetition to get that to become super memorized. One would say muscle memorized. But did you think of any, Landon, things that you do a lot of that it's just, you don't even think about it? Putting a seatbelt on in the car. That's a good one. Us. No, Jack? Well, the one thing that I thought of was... uh, Learning to play any kind of a game, a board game, and that after I play it a number of times, I'll actually understand the rules. Well, I'll give you Go Fish. If you play Go Fish enough times, you can do it without even thinking about it. But some games, they are still strategic games. And so that would, the strategies change. So that's a a little bit of a different thing, right? You know what I was thinking of? Get dressed. Nobody thinks about how to get dressed except for you now with your shoulder injury, correct? I also believe that uh, normally people get dressed in the same manner every single time. If they put on their uh, socks first or they put on their socks second after they put on their pants, they're going to do that 
repetitiously without even thinking about it. I put mine on second. What do you do? Do you know? I, I do know. And it's funny because I have thought of it. I put my socks on before I put on my pants. I do the same. I put them on second. Oh, we have two and two. We're 50-50, so that's something you can write in about. What do you think? (laughs) Okay, before I start talking about repeating characteristics that we'd like to change, I have to add a caveat, and that is this. There's a saying in karate that says the only person you cannot teach karate to is the person who doesn't want it, also one of my favorites. And what that means is that... The person has to, it has to come from inside of us, whatever it is. And that is also true about change. The only person who can change is the person who wants to change. So if you're working with someone and they're fighting tooth and nail to stay the same. They're going to stay the same. Yeah. You just have to let that one go, don't you? Yes. And we we have too many examples of that, so we're not even going to open that can of worms, correct? Correct. All righty. Let's look at some characteristics where this is happening, and talk about how to change if you want to. So now we're going to the characteristics one might change about themselves if they wanted to. The one I wrote here to start us out is procrastination. <laughs> and what I want to know is how, what, what tools would you use to change something if you wanted to change it? I might set an alarm and say to myself, I have to get such and such done before the alarm gets off. And when the alarm does get off, Find a reward, like being able to go outside and look at a butterfly garden or something that would be a real positive in my life. Okay, the reward thing's a good idea, right? Yes. I also think maybe making a list and being able to feel that once it's completed, checking that particular thing off a list instead of just having something in your mind that you want to get done and being able to check it off. And Are we all list makers? All four of us? Uh, yes. Yes. We are all four list makers. And I am a person who, who I don't do the check mark. I do the line through. And I love the part of the day when I have more lines through than I have than I have ones to do. It's like such way. an exciting moment Isn't for me. Isn't that the best feeling? Yeah. <laughs> but there is one hang up on both of those. And that is that the person continues to let themselves get distracted. And I think that really does take focus. Like the person has to say, I'm going to set this goal and I'm going to do it. And what I'd like here is if you're a person who has used a tool to help you to overcome that, that ability to so be distracted, you, you think you're going to clean your kitchen, but on the way you see dust on the blind. And so that's your distraction, right? Now you're over here and you're all caught up in it. And it's not that that wasn't a good chore, but that ability to let yourself be distracted is a big deal. And of course, the go-to fix is meditation. We're going to do a whole podcast on meditation. I'm not sure when, but there is so much out there now on meditation that you don't really need us to do it. Like there's no way you can type in the word meditation and not get 6 million things about its pros and how to do it and all the benefits. I think also that you should be able to try and prioritize your life. If you are able to prioritize what's very important, put that in the top of your list and make that, again, a priority to to cross that off, then you won't be able to procrastinate that particular event. Couldn't agree more. So tell me if any of you have ever done this or if I'm way too retentive. I make the list of the goals for the day, and then I literally redo it in in a priority order. Sometimes I'll just write one, two, three beside them, but sometimes I'll rewrite it so that I do it in the exact order because... My go-to thing, and this is because I, I, I will procrastinate. I know it's hard to believe because I do a lot of stuff. 
But my go-to thing is to do the hardest project first, the the one that's going to be time-consuming, and it's like it feels big inside my head when I think of it. That's the one I get out of the way first, working my way towards the ones that are fun and easier to do. Do you guys ever think about that, or is that just me? I think about it, but I say it a little differently in my head. I have to say, do the one I like least first. And then go towards the one that I'm really looking forward to doing. Because again, that's a reward in and of itself. And that's one thing that I always, with what Sensei Jackie said, that's one thing that I always have to remember because I will get distracted from the things that I want to do. So that's kind of hard for me to do that. But one thing that I've been doing, new thing that I've been doing, is making a to-do list by the time of the day. So I can say, okay, when I wake up, I need to study for this test. But when I get home, I need to do this. And making my to-do list by time so you're able to plan out your day. Okay, so you made my mind segue to how Sensei Jackie taught me about how to play time backwards. I know she taught you too, Landon, but we'll come back to it. And if we don't, um, make a note here, Sensei Jackie, we'll add it to another podcast so we make sure to explain that because that is a really, really good tool for not being late to things. Well, I just remember back when I was in school and having all the subject matter to do. And, you know, if I didn't like English, I would push that down. And you really have to to work by not procrastinating on the things that you really don't like to do. Because those ones you put down on the list and they don't get done. And you really have to try and prioritize things you don't like to do. Which is what we're trying to say. If that's the characteristic that you're trying to change, then that's what you need to repeat over and over to get it to be more of a part of who you are. And the difficult, the most difficult part is not to be a, a person who somehow lets their mind get distracted. Peter Urban actually touched on this subject in his book, um, Karate Psychology, which I believe is not in print anywhere. The copy that I have is photographed pages of an old, old book that I got in about the early 80s, where he talks about a word that he coined, shunting. And he uses it to mean, he does not say it like this, but he uses it to mean letting distractions get your um, focus so that you don't focus on the thing that you should be focusing on. But I looked the word shunt up in the dictionary just for fun, and it is usually used in electricity, and it means to take an alternate path. So the use of the word is correct, because that's what you're letting your mind do, go in another direction when this is the direction, the focus line, and in all the podcasts we've had so far, we've talked about the importance of being able to keep your mind on the thing that you're trying to accomplish, which is one of the beauties of kata. Once you start kata, and I think we've already defined it at the end of one of our podcasts, so you can look back. Kata is a set of moves that you do in order, and once you put your mind into your kata, then you stay focused on that. You stay focused on that until the end. And that um, that teaches your mind to stay focused. Not only does it teach you the techniques, but it also teaches your mind to stay focused. Peter Urban goes on to say that procrastinating and making excuses aren't even allowed in karate. Well, since we're all human beings, and frankly, we're all flawed human beings, every single person who has ever trained and every single person who will ever train in the future, we are all going to be flawed in some way. I will agree that the goal is not to be a procrastinator. I don't like excuses. It's just one of my things. I'm, you, know, you guys know that 
I've trained myself using these methods right here that when I make a mistake and I say I'm sorry to somebody, I don't add the excuse afterwards. I leave the words, I'm in sorry, hanging there all by themselves and they're lonely. They're dying for me to go, but, you know, I was sick that day or something like that. I and I don't. I didn't get off of the cat, so I didn't come to class. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and my rule is if it's still bothering me that much 24 hours later, I'll call them or I'll send a text and say, do you still want to talk about this some more or are we good? If it's not bothering me anymore, then I let myself off the hook and move on to my next mistake. Everybody knows that accountability is a big part of karate. Yes. And yes. that accountability has to come from and towards myself. Yes. The infinity loop, maybe, would be an example of that. Yes. Yes. From that standpoint, I, I agree with Peter Urban. Making excuses is something that if somebody does it a lot, they absolutely want to try to work on that. But, and I had, I spent years and years working on the ability to say, I'm sorry, without adding the, but please understand my side of it. It's, a, it's tricky and it's hard. It's a crutch. You don't need the crutch. The butt part is a but, crutch. Yeah. Yes, it is. And you're right. We don't need the crutch, but man, it feels good. <laughs> Sometimes it does. <laughs> okay, back on track here. Let's mention a couple of positive characteristics that repeating them will turn into habits. I have a few listed here. You want me to go first or you want to? I think uh, muscle memory. Um, if you keep going at it, especially in karate, you want to have that muscle memory so then when somebody punches you, you don't have to think about how do I block here? It just comes. And that comes with repetition. There you got it. The muscle memory. Okay. So muscle memory is a good one. Um, I think uh, eating uh, a healthy diet. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Yes, yes, yes. And that is a big life change when you start to take out things that aren't good for you and put in things that are good for you. And one thing from like a student perspective about this is getting good grades, going from a place where like if you make a big transition, if you're going from a place where you don't really care as much and then maybe you're going into high school and getting ready to apply for colleges, getting the good grades, that's something that you really have to change from going, now I'm just going to be lazy and not turn that in to saying, okay, we got to get this done, got to get this done. Okay, and I'm going to give you the one that I have written on my card here. I have four good ones, and I like them all, but I'm going to go with compassion. I think it's something that if you don't work at it, it can, you can kind of wear it away where it's not so much in your heart, and there's, the, there's a coldness that can come in its place where a person may at some different points in their life, depending on the hardships that they've been through, have to work on that as a, let me draw this up in myself so that I can work on it so that it comes more naturally to me. Even though I used to do it all the time at this point in my life. That's true. And what can certainly substitute for compassion, people will bring up cynicism. And that would be um, such an antithesis to the, the compassion that we're trying to draw. Here's another aside that interests me. Does sarcasm come from cynicism, or is that just an infinity loop in itself? Cynicism comes from sarcasm. Because sarcasm is a funny way of saying things, and you can laugh with a few friends, right? But if you do it all the time, it actually becomes your viewpoint. And then once it's your viewpoint, it mars your balance. Like, one of the things that's on my list is the ability to say no to someone. You're always going to say, yes, I'll do that for you. 
And you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the pushover person, but you also don't want to be the person who is so rigid that they don't understand what it's like to be another person. So we're back to Jackie's favorite word, empathy. That's it. You don't, you don't want to be an enabler either. So you don't want to enable someone just by helping them all the time, but it's just letting them do it themselves. At the same time, if you see someone doing something that you don't think is correct, and you just say, well, I can do it myself. That's not helping that person grow either. So I think there's a healthy balance that has to be. Which is what we're searching for as karate people. Sensei, don't, don't forget your thought, okay, Landon? Sensei Brown, when we were showdowns, we all had to say a saying from Master Collegian's beginning karate book. And Sensei Brown said, a karate man's pride is his balance. And I know that that has two meanings, being the physicality of balance, but also the balance of things like being able to say no when it's the correct thing to do and being compassionate when it's the correct thing to do. And it can be tricky and it takes repetition to be able to draw up the one that fits the situation. And it's not an emotional decision. It's a a decision that should come out of your chi line, don't you think? Yes. Yes, definitely. Do you remember your thought, Landon? So one thing to think about is when lottery people that win the lottery when they get all this money from the lottery they have to learn how to say no to the people who come to them and ask them for the money and to help them out and that's a really hard thing to learn to do which is why lottery winners now almost always try to stay incognito right they always try to stay under the radar so that they have a chance to organize their thoughts before somebody comes in and says buy me a new house. And that's a very hard skill to have. Oh. And that's why a lot of lottery winners are bankrupt after a year or two. And that's a thing you, you can read online it. over and over. It, it's sad, I guess, right? I feel sad when, the, when I read those. I mean, I only read the headline. I don't read the article because <laughs> why? Short attention span theater. Okay, we're, we're on to the part where we've already talked about a lot of tools. But, you know, I have one more written here that I really like to use when I'm trying to change, and it's a challenge for me, and I know I need to do the repetition of it. I wrote down here, I can't stress enough having at least one person that is on your side. They have no secret agenda. They're just someone who listens, lets you fail without judgment, and keep trying until you finally are successful, like they keep on believing in you. It's a pretty empowering thing. To have a friend like that. Because I know in karate, in the dojo itself, like the actual physical dojo, you make those kind of friends. Those kind of friends who who are on your side. And don't you think that in order to have a friend, you have to learn to be a friend? I definitely think that's true. I think, Yeah. I think that's one of the, the areas that a person could use a lot of repetition of, of stepping forward. I know that when I teach my little kids, when I teach my little four-year-old kids, before we start class, I go around and I ask them a question. Do you like the rain or the sun? Do you like the slides or the swing? Those kind of things. And when we're all done, everybody's answered the question. So there's a dozen of them in a room. I'll say to them, now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to say these words. Sensei, what do you like? And usually for the first few weeks, they will answer the question again. Like they'll all yell out their answer again. And I'll say, just a minute, listen really carefully. Say this word, say the word sensei. And we'll go really slow through it because what I'm trying to do is teaching them to be a back and forth speaker. That's right. And not just a one-way speaker. Because at that age, four, when they're in VPK, it's time. 
It's time to realize that someone else is in the room with you and it's not just about you. And it's a hard lesson. I think it's a hard lesson at all ages. Along those same lines, giving back. I think you get a lot by giving back. Uh, When I started teaching, I never thought it would give me back the kind of um, benefits that it did. You know, learning the kata is better just by, by having to teach it. You get those things and you don't think you would because you think, oh, I'm just giving things. I'm not really getting in return. But you really are. You really are. And you know what is the invisible thing that you get is the relationship. Like when you go to a black belt promotion and the person looks at you for the first time and says, thank you, Sensei Greg, you really helped me over this hurdle or whatever. It's a pretty intense thing because you created a relationship with that person over years of going through something together, of repeating something together. Absolutely. And it can be done outside the dojo. It's all over the place. It can be done with neighbors, right? Absolutely. It's especially, it's um, exaggerated in hardship times. If we have a hurricane, everybody comes together more. Okay, I'm going to close out this episode by mentioning that, first off, I don't often make my own certificates. Our certificates are all made by Sensei Michelle Rathi. Thank you so much, Sensei. But once in a while, I make one. And whenever I make my own certificates, I I always put this quote on the bottom. Excellence is not an act but a habit. And the entire quote goes, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And it's by Aristotle. So as much as I'd love to say, oh my God, we're so cutting edge. That was thousands of years, right? How many do you think? Let's look it up. How many years ago it was. And while we um, look it up, I'll describe the counting time backwards thing. So Sensei Jackie taught me that if I need to leave my house at 11 a.m., which I did today, that what I should do is say, okay, it's going to take me um, this long to get ready, an hour, so I need to start getting ready by 10 o'clock. But before I start getting ready, I have to have breakfast and do one chore around the house, and that's going to take me 20 minutes. So let's allow a half an hour. So I have to be up and going by 9.30 in the morning, or I won't make my 11 o'clock leave. I've also added in my own mind, and I know Sensei Jackie and I have talked about this. Have you ever noticed the amount of time it takes you to get from your front door to actually turning your car on is about 10 minutes, even though you don't really think about it? So when I'm leaving at 11, I try to get out the door a few minutes before because I know it's going to take me five minutes to get all situated with the seatbelt and the whatnot. Okay. I don't drive. You don't know how many people, I think, don't have that skill. Yes, I know how many people don't have that skill. That's why I'm telling them. (laughs) But I just gave you the tools, so now you can work on it if you want to work on it. I can't thank Jackie enough, and I have many times over the years, but I'll do it publicly here. Thank you for teaching me that. (laughs) And write in how that works for you if you try it. Oh, good one, Landon. Thank you. Or if you have another tool that works really well to get you out the door. We always want new ideas. Yes, definitely. Okay, Aristotle, what did we land on? Aristotle was born in 384 BC, so it's 2,403 years since he was born. So let's say 2,400 years. Okay, so it was a long time ago, so this is not a new thought, but it's new to us, and we are going to close out with that. You know, since um, since Greg mentioned Amazon, have I mentioned in the last couple of podcasts that I myself am on Amazon, and so is Master Collegian? The spelling of my last name is D-A-R-B-R-O, and I have two books, um, Teaching Kids Karate and More and Self-Defense, A Common Sense Approach. And Master Collegian, boy, he has a spelling. This is a challenge for you. 
K-E-L-L-J-C-H-I-A-N. And he has four or five books on there. So just type him in, Joseph Kalichin, and see what he's got if you're interested. Thanks for tuning in. You guys going to say goodbye? It was a pleasure spending time with you. Bye. Can't wait till the next episode. It was a pleasure speaking with all. This is Sensei Michelle signing off for now.